Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Founders in LA podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cole, and this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight through a product lens on some of the exceptional startup founders we have as part of the LA community in an unedited one-take organic conversation. With us today is Alex Hijazi. Thank you for coming to the studio today, Alex. Great to be here, Ethan. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is, this is really going to be a great one. I'm excited for this one, Alex. But what? first, a word from our sponsors. Founders in LA is brought to you by Unita Club. Unita is a co-working space that sets itself apart with locations in El Segundo, Manhattan Beach, and Hermosa. Unita is where creativity flourishes. Unlike traditional offices, they provide an inspiring environment where ideas can thrive and businesses can grow. With Unita, there's no hidden fees, flexible terms, options for dedicated offices, and unlimited access to conference rooms, a photo studio, a podcast studio much like this one, plus standard and 3D printers, and 24-7 access in any of their locations. They're local champions who support neighborhood businesses, open their event spaces to nonprofits, and celebrate art, music, and culture. Join Unita Club and experience co-working like never before. Learn more at www.unita.club. That's www.unita.club. We're also brought to you by the Product Managers Association Los Angeles, available at pma.la. They're the largest professional organization for product designers in LA. With more than 4,000 members from over 500 companies, they host monthly meetups, organize a product leader council, and have a mentorship program where they connect working product managers with students from underrepresented groups to build a better, more diverse next gen. To learn more about PMA, go to pma.la. To learn more about the mentorship program, go to pma.la slash mentorship. Our guest today is Alex Hijazi. He is the founder and CEO of Ballbox, ball which is newly rebranded as Placement. Uh, Alex, can you give us a 30-second description of Placement? It's uh, it's going to be tough, but to, to narrow it down, um, if you've ever seen an Amazon locker or one of those vending machines at the airport, like the Kylie Jenner uh, makeup kiosk, right. we essentially enable brands to sell and sample products in those automated, unattended retail systems. Um, so we are essentially an uh, aggregator of kiosks and a platform that allows brands to get their products in those physical retail spaces. So part of your value prop is getting is access to actual physical hands, people touching it. And I guess I imagine in this world where marketing is becoming more and more difficult in this world where, you know, generative AI is, is great for many things, but one of the byproducts is it's so easy for folks to create digital campaigns, uh, we're starting to see a little bit of it now. It feels like in the coming years, we're just going to get inundated and blown away by the volume of, of digital marketing materials that will come our way from every aspect. One of the things that you guys are looking to do is you're, you're trying to bring this to the, this marketing to the physical space? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think digital media is so saturated um, and, and you know, brand marketers are seeing it you know, with the decline in ROI from a lot of their digital ad spend. Um, you know, privacy laws are always shaking up the game and uh, making things uneasy, but what remains constant is that having your product in a physical space incre you know, increases conversion by six to 20X, um, you know, the, the, the likelihood of someone purchasing your product after they actually try it. So mm. product sampling is like 73%. Um, so just being able to touch, feel, and experience product in you know your everyday life, we think is a, a significant competitive advantage for brands to get their products and, and, and kind of build a rapport with their end consumer. So 
that's that's kind of what we're you know our, our mission is and you know if we took a step back and and kind of looked at the evolution of how we got there because we used to be um in the kiosk space ourselves so developing kiosks for consumer product rentals okay. um we would you know develop you know an amazon locker styled kiosk but sell it to the marriott uh for chairs umbrellas beach gear rentals okay um city of chicago parks same things and then we continued to evolve we ended up getting into the multifamily space so apartments allowing you know residents to rent vr systems and paddle boards and things that they need and then one of our clients asked if we could do package management um obviously with e-commerce on the rise uh all these apartments are getting 100 200 300 packages a day oh my gosh um, yeah so we what we then did is started to develop a little bit of a more robust hardware ecosystem where we would sell these kiosks to apartments and they could be used for essentially an asynchronous transaction point for packages so fedex and amazon and other carriers would go to the kiosk they type in ethan cole locker door pops open they put the package in there and then you get a text message email and app notification um and then as a resident you'd go down to get your package but you could also rent um you know a vr set for the night or maybe a board game for the night a friday night you know wine night right um and then we just continued to double down um added you know a uh rfid vending unit to it so it was a full access hub it was a kind of a micro mart you could get your packages you could return packages you could rent products and you know what we wanted to do is, is kind of turn this into a, a product discovery hub Mm. Um, and then over time, you know, we just kept continue to put, we continue to put down hardware. Um, one of the legacy players, one of the biggest players in the space called Luxor one, um, we started having a couple conversations with them. They have a massive infrastructure across the country, I think over 7,000 machines. Um, and it made sense for us to start to collaborate, bringing some of our product sampling capabilities and rental capabilities and essentially like brand experience to their ecosystem. And that's what we did about a year ago. Hence the rebrand to placement. Um, so now we work with a lot of uh, kiosk providers like Luxor One um, and other hardware, you know, folks who actually have, uh, you know, hardware on the ground. Um, add them as, um, you know, supply or inventory on our platform, and then we go and help, you know, the world's most amazing brands get their products in physical spaces. And um, that that's kind of the the thirty second. I don't know if I gave you a thirty second overview before, but I guess that would be the, the thirty second overview. Well, you had a little more of the journey. So yeah, we'll, exactly. give you, we'll give you the credit for that one. So I, that's really interesting. So it sounds like you started in the physical space. You were creating the lockers yourselves, and, and part of the pivot you've done recently is that you you're you're not constricting yourself to your own lockers. You're teaming up with existing lockers, which I imagine really widens your universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. It allows us to become, you know, a global company. Obviously we want to, you know, continue our nationwide expansion, but um, it just, it, it, it one eliminates, um, you know, like you said, the constraints of only having access to our own hardware. Um, and then, you know, on the other side of things, you know, all of these kiosk players, they want more utilization. They want to increase utilization. They want to increase monetization on their on their infrastructure. They want to increase you know user experience. And we kind of hit the nail on all three of those uh, points there. So, whenever somebody is going to a Luxor One Locker to pick up a package, not only are they getting their package safely and securely, but they're also able to you know find the next product that they're going to come to love and pick up uh, you know a bottle of Branch Basics that you might see in the back or you know a, a can of Liquid Death. Um, and so on and so forth. So that's that's uh, that's kind of the evolution, and, and we're just in the inception. So right now, uh, really focused on package management infrastructure. So like package kiosks. Um, the reason is is because they have 
dedicated traffic. You know, you know, the Luxor ecosystem has, you know, 50 million uh, visits a year. And uh, what we're able to do is, is just maximize the asset utility of every single one of those visits. Every time somebody goes to the kiosk, we're, you know, uh, you know, in, in enhancing their experience there, providing um, another dimension um, of, of, of the, the visit or to that visit rather. Oh, I love that. And for, for me, what I, I can't help but come across is like, there's two places where I think like the luxuries of the world would be appreciative. Like one, what happens when it's not being used, right? There, there's just kind of empty space they have sitting around. No one likes, no one likes having white space in, in their, in their business. Um, and then the other place is like, additional revenue stream. Like, Hey, that's not why we built this. But if you're telling me that there's additional revenue streams we can do by simply doing the same thing we're doing today, you're going to help us out. Uh, phenomenal. I, lo I love it. Um, how did you come to dedicating your life to, to this project? Well, this goal, that's a, that's a loaded question. I think, <laughs> okay. uh, I, I, I think I always knew I wanted to, you know, ended up starting my own company. You know, I kind of grew up in a you know, family entrepreneurs. My dad had a, you know, was in the restaurant and then, you know, clothing and perfume business and um, mother had a janitorial company. So, you know, I was four years old, you know, chopping tomatoes and, <laughs> you know, cleaning, cleaning bathrooms. So put them to work. Yeah, literally, it was, you know, free labor, free labor until, <laughs> until they could make their own money. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I was just immersed into my parents both having their own businesses and um, I knew it was something I wanted to do one day, but I didn't want to do it on the small scale that they were doing. You know, was, they were, you know, had their own small businesses, you know, maybe a couple employees here and there. And, it, you know, at that at that scale of, of an organization, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of risk. Um, and, you know, I knew I kind of wanted to take it to a much bigger scale. So went to school, studied finance um, at Michigan State and uh, worked in banking at the, for the early years of my career, ended up moving up to a fintech startup. And I was just always you know, toying with different ideas, you know, mm -hmm. seeing the feasibility of it and, um, nothing really felt worth dedicating, uh, my life to until I kind of came across this, this, you know, this, this kiosk idea. And like I was saying earlier, the initial iteration was beach gear rentals. I, I was just in, I was, you know, a new Chicagoan and, uh, I would go to North Ave beach. You have like three months in the summer where you can actually be outside and enjoy yourself. Right. So I'd go to the beach, but I like didn't have chairs, umbrellas, speakers, footballs. And I just moved there. It's like all the stuff in my, you know, my parents' garage. Um, it's a hard thing to own in Chicago too, right? You're going to own a beach chair that you're going to use for three months of the year. And like, exactly when it's zero degrees out, like you're staring at your beach chair. Like, why, 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 do, <laughs> why do I live here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and, you know, the other thing is like lugging it there, like, you know, you're going to take an Uber to the beach and you're going right. to throw it in the trunk and right. then you're going to be holding it. It's just a, it was a headache. And this was around the time where bird scooter, uh, started to really gain national, uh, presence. And I, I just thought that there needed to be a similar, you know, kind of like item sharing infrastructure to, uh, you know, what they were doing on the mobility side with bike sharing and scooter sharing. I thought there needed to be something similar with consumer products. Um, and, and, you know, the, the other kind of like motivation here was, is always, uh, kind of trying to steer the economy or push the economy towards aggregate efficiency. Mm. Um, so the circular economy was something that really interested me it, or, you know, really, really interested me at the beginning. And, um, you know, I think uh, as things carried on, um, you know, getting into the package management side of things and the last mile side of things, um, it all, they all kind of tied together in terms of just improving and, and, and enhancing the efficiency of getting a product from A to B. Um, and you know, that's 
kind of what I did uh, growing up and, you know, with, with a lot yeah. of different ventures, working with my dad in the perfume business, um, you know, starting my own businesses and, uh, you know, growing up, there was a, I was doing a fish tank installation <laughs> and, and maintenance was breeding like rare African cichlids. Um, but yeah, that, that doesn't really have anything to do with uh, aggregate efficiency or, or moving products A to B, but. But it was, it was, it was kind of like ingrained in you that you were kind of searching for the right thing and then it just kind of clicked for you. Yeah, I think I, I, I would, you know, at lunch, uh, you know, uh, and, and with my first couple jobs, I would be, you know, I, I think one of the businesses I wanted to start was a candle company and, you know, talking to suppliers and seeing the feasibility, do the unit economics make sense? Do I really actually want to, you know, start selling candles? And right. there's a, there, you know, that was just like one of, you know, many, many ideas that I would tinker with at, at lunchtime. And um, I, I, I just figured that, you know, when I got the feeling that, oh, okay, this, this one actually, this, this idea has, you know, ability to scale, you know, globally, mm-hmm. um, it, it's solving a real pain point and it actually, you know, it, it, it's actually enhancing. It's a, it's a, it's a product that will enhance the way that we, um, experience life. And I think, um, you know, if you look at a lot of the, you know, you know, the big marketplaces like Airbnb or Uber, like the, these are, you know, transfer, you know, transformational products that, uh, and services that, were released in the market and i i felt like that what you know that was what i wanted that's how i knew that i should dedicate my life to this is is can this be a transformational product in terms of how we interact with a you know and how, how we interact with a particular service or product in our everyday lives and everybody gets packages everybody buys stuff and you know we're, we're kind of tra- changing the way that people discover how they buy stuff instead of just being inundated digitally i feel like everyone you know now on Instagram as is, is, is a influencer there everyone's telling you to go you know you, you open Instagram you're you know see, trying to see what your friends are up to and they're just telling you to go buy this or go here and <laughs> go to this restaurant um so you know it, it's you know I, I feel like a lot of the uh genuineness in in, in kind of that social realm kind of has has, has has left um but there's nothing better than someone giving you something for free <laughs> oh yeah and, and where you're already going you know it's like um, you know that old saying where it's you know meet the customers where they're at. Uh, and I, I think you're, you've found a, a, an innovative way to do that where yeah, 50 million people are making, or there's 50 million transactions at these kiosks every year. Why not, why not open it? Why not open another door, a door Dover and maybe discover a product that you maybe have heard of and are interested in or exactly uh, something you weren't thinking of, but like, Oh, I don't know. I'll give it a shot. Like everyone likes free stuff. And exactly to your point. Yeah what better way to get them introduced to your new product than getting it in their hands and, and letting them test it them first, first, uh, by themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, trying to grant this back in LA, it sounds like you started in Chicago and you're, I know you're recently in LA. I think it's been like a little over a year. Yep. Um, you know, what is the most LA thing that you've experienced now that, now that you are a founder in Los Angeles? I I've got two, two good ones for you here. Um, one, I, I play basketball at Ed Reed Park in Santa Monica. Okay. Um, Adam Sandler is always there. So okay, that's a good one. The first time I was, you know, I saw that, I was like, "What is going on here?" Uh, <laughs> it was it's really Adam Sandler, but yeah, he's always at the park playing ball. Um, he's good, right? I, I think I've point, heard that. Point God, yeah, he's he's incredible. Wow. He's, and he's all he's he's like good. He's like a good guy when you're playing basketball. He's like the type of guy he's, he'll say, "Hey, keep shooting, big fella." Like, he'll, he'll, he's he's never getting down on you. He's a good guy. 
Is he? Have you played with him on your team? Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. All right, that's good. All right. So what's the next one? Because the first one is phenomenal. Yeah, I don't know if that much can top that. But uh, <laughs> the second one is so when we first started, um, kind of this new pivot uh, of, of of ball box and, and heading into placement. Um, one of the problems we faced was uh, lack of integration with our partner. Okay. Um, we needed to essentially generate thousands of pickup codes so people could get their samples. And um, my roommate, um, who is a developer uh, or former roommate who was who is a developer, um, put together a script for us to scrape thousands of codes. And it was, you know, essentially life saving. It's a product that we, or, you know, it's a feature that we still use today in our core business. And, um, you know, he whipped it to, up together and, you know, maybe it a week and got paid with a tomahawk steak from Wally's. <laughs> yes. That was a good, that's a good LA story. <laughs> they, they have good steak and good wine. Oh yeah. Incredible. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you again for joining us, Alex. Uh, we've been chatting with Alex Hajazi. He's the founder and CEO of Ballbox. that has been really newly rebranded as placement. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors, PMALA and Unita. I'd like to thank you all again, all for listening to us. And if you like what you're hearing, please smash that subscribe button and uh, check us out at foundersinla.com. I'd like to thank you again for joining us and we'll catch you next time on Founders in LA. 